Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. Uh, right now, I'm cleaning my glasses. Yeah, I can't see, so gotta clean these glasses off. Why would I put that at the top of the show? I don't know. I don't know why I do a lot of the things I do, but I do them. Something I do know why I do at the top of every show is warn of spoilers. Because I might spoil the things that I'm talking about. I might not. It's like 50-50. I've probably, if you took every single episode and looked for spoilers of every single thing I talked about, 50-50. Maybe less than 50-50. Yeah. Curious. 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 Uh, The other thing I like to say at the top of every show is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million (laughs) dollars. That's a good laugh. That's a good laugh. Now, the only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes. Because that would be nice of you. And as as we end every podcast with it's nice to be nice to the nice, it would be nice if you did that. You nice-er. Okay. Uh, Let's push a button. And I'm going to try to stick to the timer because I'm not... Deadline is a strong word, but... Uh, I do have a little bit of a timeline that I'm working with here for a change lately, so let's see if I can do so. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to review some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is homemade, 100% all-natural, locally-sourced women. Okay, movie the first is called Honeymoon. I have five movies, which means I should talk about each movie for one minute, if I were to be smart. Uh, Honeymoon, so rating, let's get that out of the way. I, I remember saying to the missus, who I watched this with, you know what, this movie sort of surprised me. Uh, I think for that reason, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. I went in with some low expectations. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, This is of the horror genre, which usually horror movies just sort of in general... uh, I think it's face face to say, mm -hmm, as a sort of general rule, that horror movies quite often not as good just in terms of a good movie. It might be a good horror movie, but is it a good movie movie? This one did surprised me a little bit, so maybe that's why. Uh, let me read the IMDA. A, a newlywed couple finds their lake country honeymoon descend into chaos after Paul finds B, that's her name, wandering the wandering and disoriented in the middle of the night. Okay, so 
uh, I just decided I'm probably going to go over time because I wanted to say some things about this movie that uh, were hilarious. Yeah, you know what? I laughed a lot during this movie, so maybe that's not such a good sign of a horror movie. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, watch this with your significant other and try to pinpoint moments uh, that your wife, yeah, I guess it's got to be wife, um, is acting like the girl in the movie, and then you will slowly descend into madness because it's sort of these little clues that something's wrong with B. So uh, every time something new popped up that was sort of wrong with her, I would correlate that to something the missus had done or said, uh, and I was always able to find something, so it got creepier and creepier. Uh, good stuff. Okay, so next is Weird Science. Oh, blast from the 1985 past. Uh, Rating-wise, this is a great movie. If you've never seen this movie, you're doing yourself a disservice. Still holds up pretty well. Uh, i got to stick with the 5 out of 5 that I would have given this when watching it back in the day. Uh, two high school nerds uh, attempt to create the perfect woman, but she turns out to be more than that. That's a fairly vague and opened sentence. Uh, thanks, IMDb. Uh, that only gives it a 6.6 out of 10. Sad. Uh, yeah, uh, what, what can I say about this that hasn't already been said? Probably nothing, so I'll just leave it at that. Uh, Batman, colon, The Killing Joke. Oh... Uh, so, this is sort of an interesting effect, uh, and I heard, I will admit, oh, uh, Victor Lucas talk of this movie, so it's going to be hard for me to say things differently. Uh, if you know of this, the, the actual comment, the sort of, uh, mind-blowing, spoilery thing that I guess I won't give away that happens in the movie is a little less explosively shocking, just because you know it's coming. Uh, other than that, this is a good Batman movie, animated movie, I should say. Perhaps I should say on that note, I've never watched a Batman animated movie that I haven't really liked. Uh, but this one, probably one of my least favorites. Uh, three to four out of five, which is probably the lowest I've ever given a Batman animated movie, if I had to guess. Uh, still, pretty interesting, sure. Uh, next is The Lobster. Oh, this weird little little gem. Uh, yeah, kept hearing about this on podcasts. People just talking about how weird it is, and I like a weird movie, and I can verify for you that this is a weird movie. Uh, as I often say to the missus, who I didn't even attempt to get her to watch this, that if I say a movie is weird, you know it's goddamn weird, because my, my threshold for weird is is pretty high, I would say. Uh, let me read the IMDb, because I bet you it's funny. Uh, in a dystopian near future, single people, according to the laws of the city, are taken to the hotel, where they are obliged to find a romantic partner in 45 days, or are transformed into beasts and sent off into the woods. What the fuck? Where did that... You know what? I, I, sh, I should do a little research on this. Like, where did that idea come from? Was This, this has the sort of feel of it was a book first. Because <laughs> writing down that idea, it feels like it's booky as opposed to scripty. 
yeah, just a very, very strange premise. Uh, Colin Farrell is, I suppose, the titular lobster. Does he get turned into a lobster? Does he not? I'm not going to tell. Uh, there's definitely some other names you will recognize in this um, rating. I don't know. This is a hard one to rate. Uh, I think just four. Yeah, there, <laughs> despite the craziness of that, there was some sort of slow stretches and 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 Colin Farrell. I don't know if I liked him in this, which is uh, sort of surprising because I normally like him in things. Um, yeah, he he's kind of a little uh, meek, jerky kind of guy. Well, not, not necessarily a jerk, but definitely meek. Very very meek and sort of pitiable. Uh, and you know what? You don't necessarily have to watch a movie and like the main character, which is something that I think this movie has going for it, uh, as far as being a little different, a little off-kilter. So uh, that I can appreciate, at the very least. So yeah, let's stick with the four out of five. Okay, uh, speaking of characters that I didn't like... <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if that's accurate. Tony Robbins, what little I knew of him before watching this movie, Tony Robbins, colon, I'm not your guru, uh, I didn't really like the sounds of. Uh, he had that sort of culty feel to him, and I don't know if necessarily that feeling has left my brain, but uh, after watching this, uh, it is amazing how... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, how charismatic yeah that's the word I'm looking for uh, how charismatic he is uh, just sort of watching him do his thing uh, I imagine like me watching him do his thing uh, on the television screen I was uh, amazed by how charismatic he is just sort of oozing with uh, wanting to be near him the, that, that sort of fear now if you were in his actual presence, and he's like sort of a big guy, so that probably potentially would have an even greater effect. If you were in his presence, I feel like he's the type of person who could just overwhelm you with his personality. Now, uh, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um, I think it can be both, and I think after watching this movie, potentially Tony Robbins is trying to leave the world better than when he entered it so what 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 more can you say about a person it's still i still gotta say it has that sort of culty vibe to it that 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 the i don't appreciate i don't like that scares me yeah even on some levels uh but but overall the movie i'll, I'll give a four to five tony robbins as a human being i'll give him a uh, <laughs> i've never rated human being before uh, I'll give him a four as well out of five. Sure, why not? Maybe, maybe some five moments, maybe some one scary moments that we don't know about in his cultishness feel. Interesting stuff. First rating of a human. Well, there. Talk. 
today's television talk sponsor is Cannabis Diapers. Cannabis Diapers. Uh oh, I hear construction going on outside. Hopefully, you can't hear that. Okay, uh, so brought back two television talk items, both technically things that I have watched on the interwebs because. I have not technically cut the cord for the reason that the missus needs her television. If it wasn't for her, I would have cut the cord a long time ago. I watch virtually zero television. All television, actual sort of cable that I do watch is lying next to her while she has it on. Well, quite often I'm not even paying attention to it. So, uh, what you can do is do things like subscribe to Jimmy Kimmel Live or Real Time with Bill Maher on YouTube. Uh, you will not get the full shows, but uh, they post enough clips from each show that uh, you're getting enough, at least for me, I'm getting enough of the show to be satiated. And, and plus that way, like I watch, uh, at least I'm considering this, I'm considering this that I watch Jimmy Kimmel, I watch Bill Maher, I watch Conan, I watch uh, Stephen Gobert, like I watch all of them, and the reason I'm able to do that and not spend great swaths of my life do my life doing so is because I watch the clips, uh, which I think sort of says a lot about today's society. That uh, is not necessarily a good thing that we're able to do that, and not necessarily a bad thing. So I don't know why I'm talking about that when I should be talking about the baby bachelorette. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, he did this once before. It was The Baby Bachelor, which I don't know if I spoke of on the podcast. Quite possibly I did. Uh, basically, he takes the premise of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which appear on the same network he's on, uh, and then casts babies. Babies. Not, not, uh, are they still babies? Toddlers, I think, would probably be more accurate, but it sounds better saying babies. Uh, he does like an episode a week sort of thing, he has a season, he has winners, he has losers, and it's pretty friggin' a combination of, uh, hilarious at points and goddamn adorable. Uh, I will say, uh, the missus and I not having kids, I do not want kids, having my own kid is not something that I want. Scary, scary thought. Uh, so quite often when people know that of me... Uh, and I don't try to hide that fact. Uh, they think, oh, this guy doesn't like kids. But that's not true. I like other people's kids. I, I love kids, uh, like, hanging out with kids. I love when kids go home at the end of the day, and I cannot have kids for weeks on end. Uh, so I, I do actually like kids. It's just not my own. Please go home at the end of the day. And please don't make me pay for your entire lives. Uh, okay, so <laughs> there's an unexpected rant. A rant like you might hear from Bill Maher on Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, kind of strange to say that I've been hearing a lot of Bill Maher on podcasts lately. Uh, and it kind of saddens me what I hear. Like, it sounds like he's a bit of a jerk, a bit of a dick. Uh, maybe not necessarily a nice person to hang out with. Um, that's a, a, a thing that I'm hearing so much and have heard over the years so much that uh, there's got to be, a, I suppose, at least a grain of truth in it. And that makes me sad because I'm a huge Bill Maher fan. Yeah, I uh, very much like him. Uh, quite often like what he's throwing down. So uh, you can catch his clips from real time with Bill Maher. Uh, they're always, at the very least, they're fascinating. Uh, definitely more often than not entertaining. Uh, I get laughs 
uh, I get information where I wouldn't otherwise because I refuse to watch the news. So, you know, I like them. A lot of people don't. <laughs> uh, this sort of, you know, you know what? Why this came about is because um, I was watching Stephen Colbert, um, and I sort of realized that he is—I don't know if he's right wing necessarily, but he's religious, uh, open, openly uh, religious. And uh, a lot of the things he said, I was sort of disagreeing with. And then Bill Maher came on the show, and I think, uh, for the most part did very very well like he was sort of in the in in the lion's den and i don't know if i'd say he won the argument but i probably would say he won the argument with stephen colbert because they uh it's almost obviously (laughs) a little porky pig there it's almost obvious that they didn't like one another and continue not to like one another so uh to see them uh on the show i wonder if stephen colbert has ever done his show uh, I, I kind of feel like he wouldn't. So uh, I've been trying to, because I like the late show and I like some of the guests, I've been trying to balance it by watching Bill Maher uh, because I like him more than I like Stephen Colbert, who seems sort of not nice to his guests if he doesn't like them, which I really don't like. Anyways, that's a bit of a rant th- there, that is. Rating humans. Uh, Stephen Colbert 2, Bill Maher 4. Oh, yeah, look at that. I did it again. Today's book banter sponsor is Jungle of Death Daycare. Thank you for that. Okay, so I have a book called The Fanged Crown. It is uh, a Forgotten Realms novel by Miss Jenna Helland. It is book number one of the Wild series, which I do believe is a trilogy. A lot of information there off the top. Uh, This is one of the interesting things that I assume other uh, other things other than Forgotten Realms do, but uh, something that uh, Forgotten Realms novels sometimes do is give you a group of books that are connected, but you could read separately. So in this case, uh, it's a group of three books that take place in the wilds, quote-unquote. And that could mean, in this case, uh, the uh, jungle, sort of marshy jungle, or uh, then you, you go to the next book and it's, you know, like a mountainous region. Uh, it's sort of taking areas from the Forgotten Realms, which, if you don't know, is a land, sort of Tolkien-esque, not sort of Tolkien-esque, very Tolkien-esque, uh, that was created by Ed Greenwood and others, I do believe, but I think he's sort of the main original contributor, uh, that a whole bunch of and I, when I say a whole bunch, I mean hundreds of books sort of take place in this world. Uh, it's a, a, a group of books I've always loved. Uh, it's got Dritz Lurlin. You know who I mean, even if I said it wrong. Uh, just tons and tons of content available for you from this sort of one pool of, of, of world. This world's pool, you might say. Uh, anyways, so uh, this was the first one. Uh, I'll, I'll just let you know at this point that I didn't uh, get into the second one. I read like the first 
uh, you, you know, 20, 25 pages, and it wasn't very interesting. Uh, this one I very much did like, though. Uh, Rating-wise, jeez, I'd go uh, like 5 out of 5 up until the last eighth of the book and then down to like three out of five so let's average it to a four out of five uh yeah just on that sort of note uh, I, the ending it just sort of felt rushed uh, i felt like this story could have been spread out into a trilogy itself uh with a little bit more development um i i i i've sort of had things in my brain where the characters could go from where they ended up being and I don't know it just sort of disappointed me and sort of felt a combination of rushed and anticlimactic at the end now uh, the the reason that's a good thing (laughs) I'm going to try to turn that around is because uh, I really really love the characters in this book and I wanted more of them Uh, I wanted I want different tales of this crew it's sort of a pirate crew a little bit um You've got uh, the captain guy. You've got uh, a dwarf with no beard guy. So that was kind of cool. Quite often dwarfs uh, in any fiction don't like to be on the water. So there's a little play on that. Uh, Speaking of play, I think that's one of the things I love most about this book. Uh, Wasn't uh, Jenna Hilland. Wasn't afraid to throw in some sense of humor. Uh, Definitely uh, good banter. A lot of banter. Sometimes I feel like, uh, and this has come up on this podcast more times than I can count, uh, fantasy novels trying to be 100% serious 100% of the time. Anything. Science fiction, fantasy, police shows, uh, anything. Just anything, period. Any form of media, when it tries to be 100% serious 100% of the time, I find it unbelievable because that is not what life is. So if you add a dash here and a dash there of a joke, uh, it, it makes traveling through jungles fighting uh, monsters made out of corpses, which does happen at one point, a little more believable. Uh, evil lizard men, uh, evil wizards trying to take over realms, all things that happened in this book, uh, makes it that much more believable. I would definitely recommend this book. Um, I'd love to hear more of these characters. Please, Jenna Helen. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is the Irradiated Potato Bar and Grill. Uh, Okay, so we've got a twofer. This is sort of furthering my attempt to clean up uh, games that I haven't played yet from the Steam Summer Sale. Man, I bought a lot of games. (laughs) Uh, Don't tell the wife. The missus, even. Uh, Okay, so uh, I've got Wasteland 2 and Barony. Wait, uh, first off, let's say about Wasteland 2 that I feel a little bit bad that I feel a little bit rushed on Wasteland 2. Like, uh, I think if I had got this game when I was uh, playing, say, uh, Diablo 2, I would have got this game and sunk my teeth into it and played the whole thing and done every side quest and 
uh, just spent hundreds of hours delving into it like I did with, say, a Baldur's Gate. Because uh, it is sort of a Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate 2, set in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, in fact, I think it said on the uh, page, on the Steam page, uh, this is the Fallout 3 we we really wanted. <laughs> now, Fallout 3 was one of my favorite games of all time, still is, so I did enjoy it. But what they mean by that was Fallout 1 and 2 were the sort of uh, top-down, do they call it isometric? Uh, Dungeon-crawlier feel to it. Uh, and this is sort of, is it, I, I don't know if I could say this, but maybe it's true, the sort of spiritual successor to the Fallout franchise. Kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of. It's its its own thing, but it does have a lot of the same elements. Those elements being uh, the post-apocalypse. <laughs> uh, uh, humor. Uh, see, what I was just saying. Uh, it, uh, having uh, different branching stories, uh, having different things happen depending on your character. So if you have a really dumb character, you're not going to have some options that if you make your character really smart. Uh, finding uh, uh, looting along the way, finding new guns, upgrading your guns, uh, finding new characters to join your adventure, upgrading your characters, a lot of RPG elements, uh, getting new, uh, 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 whatchamacallits, oh boy. Uh, anyways, uh, rating-wise, I'll have to go, jeez, I'm going to go four, and one of the points is out of guilt. Um, there's potential that I'll revisit it. It's just, uh, it wasn't pulling my attention enough to move on to something else. It's that sort of the, the, the grass is always greener on the other side effect where I had so many games that I haven't played yet. Uh, I think that maybe made the experience slightly less for me than it could have been. And that's a shame. See, I, something a little different is, like, I don't think these are things that professional reviewers would ever talk about in a million years, so hopefully you appreciate uh, where I'm able to be different and a little more honest. Huh? Okay, uh, next got a game called Barony. Cursed Edition. Oh, did I get the Cursed Edition? I can't remember. This was also on Steam. This is a rogue-like game, uh, which is very popular lately. Uh, and I've played a few, and some of them are good, and some of them are not so good. This one was fun. Um, basically, I could see this game being very well, uh, doing very well in a sort of VR environment. Uh, it had sort of that feel to it. Uh, it's all <laughs> shittily graphicked. <laughs> uh, yeah, shittily graphicked. That's that, that's a word, right? Uh, I think that might make its way into the title. Now, that's not to say that it looks bad. It's just, uh, it's almost like 2D on a 3D landscape. Uh, that sort of idea. Sort of a, a, a Frankenstein, what is it called? Frankenstein. Uh, Wolfenstein. <laughs> sort of a Wolfenstein 3D kind of look to it. Uh, it's got your typical pick a character. Are you going to be a barbarian, a thief, a blah, blah, blah. A Forgotten Realms-esque uh, and you're traveling down into a dungeon. Uh, if you die, that's it. You gotta start all over again. Um, you start off, there's sort of rats and dungeon-y stuff. You know what? Uh, one thing I will say is that it's fucking hard. Um, uh, one of the things that makes it hard is that you can get hungry, so you have to get food. Um, and then if you reach a certain hunger, that starts to take away at your health. 
Uh, Rating-wise, I think I'll go three. Like, I can't really see myself playing this again. Uh, that being said, I did have enjoyment while playing, which is the perfect. The very definition of a three out of five. Oh, shit. Sh uh, shit again. I forgot I was going to write down. Shitly graphic. That may be in the title of this episode. You'll just have to wait and see. Although you probably already know because you clicked on it or listened to it. What am I saying? What am I doing? Who are you? Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Dungeons and Acids. Hmm. Okay, item the first is one of my favorite just things from the internet period. That's things from the internet and then a period. Uh, and that is California on Comic-Con. Yes. Jeez. Uh, uh, so since 2012, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. So got to be five years, and I am fairly confident that every single year I've been doing this podcast, uh, I've brought it back and spoke out of it either on the old internet days, and now on these internet intercourse days. Uh, basically, it's a man by the name of Casim, Casim G, who goes to Comic Con, and that's it. Uh, this is his eighth edition, and potentially his last, which the the last, uh, the Comic-Con 7 had that sort of feel of it might be his last as well. Uh, <laughs> this is a little different. He, seemingly, he doesn't want to be there. And although there's potential for comedy sake, for him going to Comic-Con, interviewing people, and then not really wanting to be doing so, uh, the underlying sort of feel is... Maybe he really doesn't, and he's not having fun, and he's just doing this because he's done it so many other years, which is kind of sad. Uh, the other sort of sad thing is he met up with uh, Jessica Negri, who I have had the pleasure of meeting a couple of times myself, uh, and sort of talking about how now her fame has surpassed his, and he's much less popular. He said it jokingly, but there's a sort of underlying sadness that may have been present. Uh, regardless, Kasim G in general is just a super funny dude. Uh, I'd like to see more of him. Uh, I'm, I'm always very sad that he doesn't have such a huge uh, online youtube presence as he once did. Like, I used to watch shit he posted all the time, and now it's... Uh, the last thing he posted, I think, was Comic-Con last year, so like a couple videos a year. Uh, you know what? I should make myself a mental note looking to look into what he's up to lately just because whatever he's got his hands on uh, I, I can almost guarantee it will be funny so we miss you Kasim uh, okay so next we have uh, Twits and Crits from Funhouse uh, you, you know what this was a combination of a couple of things uh, I, I watch every single video that Funhouse puts out uh, I felt like I hadn't brought one back here to talk about in a while that combined with my search that if you're a regular listener you will know about my search for looking people looking for people play who play D and D uh, that I can watch them play you know, online or in podcast form or video form or whatever 
Uh, I've experimented with a few things that I haven't much enjoyed. Uh, so when these guys, who I knew, and girl, uh, who I knew I already did enjoy, decided to uh, take up a game and play and post it online, I was very happy. And after watching it, the happiness continued. Uh, they're doing something that I think is the reason why I haven't enjoyed some of the other stuff I've watched. Uh, and that is have not sacrificed comedy for the sake of playing the game, rather the reverse. <laughs> Which, uh, the reason I... Th I think this sort of opened my eyes that the reason that I loved Nerd Poker so much was they didn't play 100% of the game 100% of the time. Uh, they sort of... Um, relied more heavily on the comedy and the just cracking wise and having fun having fun house having fun is the key so uh if you're gonna sit down play dungeons and dragons and film it for the purposes of doing that and having that content created i think it's not going to be a good thing if you're gonna do it and you're gonna try to have fun while doing it or just have fun, uh, that's going to come across. And it did definitely with this. So uh, episode one, really good. Uh, the high point of this so far to me has been Elise, whose character I can't quite pinpoint, but just thinking about the sort of accent and mannerisms and talk she has adopted makes me smile. Just goddamn hilarious, that, that girl. Uh, okay, so let's move on to uh, something I stumbled across. Uh, Party Legends. This is a show, a web series, something, not sure what, from uh, Viceland. Yeah, the good people over at Viceland. Uh, basically what it is, it's talking to seemingly it's just comedians, comedic people, uh, about crazy things that happen to them at parties. So we've got uh, TJ Miller told a story about how he saw Paris Hilton at a party. He tells it a little funnier than that. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Aaliyah Shawcat talking about her one night stand excuse me that sounded very very awkward again she tells it better and last but to me most uh, was a story that was sort of fascinating horrifying awe inspiring little heartwarming that uh, really it, it hit lots of buttons uh, that John Daly told about how once he went ice skating on acid that uh out of all of them that i watched you really have to experience type in john j-o-n-d-a-l-y acid ice skating uh, uh, what is this party legends please please watch that five out of five for that uh tj miller as a human five out of five love him uh, okay, so what was the last one? Oh yeah, this was one from moments ago from my perspective. In fact, I think I still have ten minutes to go on it. Uh, Jordan, Jesse, Go, which is a podcast. Uh, the Jordan is not me, it's Jordan Morris, just for clarification's sake. Uh, and they had on guest Steve Agee, who I love. I love him. So uh, to hear these three uh, dudes together on a podcast was just a little slice of podcasty goodness. Uh, so many laughs. Uh, and laughs where I was at work listening to this, as I do all day, with a sort of earbud in one ear. 
and had to pretend to cough on more than one occasion because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Which, uh, you know what, just to end the podcast on this strange note, well, I don't know if it's strange, this is why I'm asking, and this is audience participation time. If you listen to podcasts at work, do you react to them differently than you would, say, driving home? So let me let me explain how that affects me, anyways. Uh, so listening to Jordan Jesse go... If I had been listening to this while driving home, I would have just laughed and laughed and laughed out loud until I cried. But listening to it at work, uh, my threshold for laughter is much higher because I'm sort of uh, holding it in, I guess. So I have more enjoyment for podcasts while focusing more on them than what's going on around me, I guess. Maybe, maybe that's a way to look at it. So uh, that's why I save some of the podcasts that have made me laugh the most for while I'm driving. For example, Comedy Bang Bang on my drive home today um, is what I did. Is what I did. Uh, all right, folks. Steve Agee is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which is incredible. And as always, it is nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory I've got a theory that it's a demon a dancing demon something isn't right there I've got a theory the best is yet to come and babe won't it be fine you think you've seen the sun but you ain't seen it shine Wait till the warm-up's underway Wait till our lips have met Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper